Hello and welcome to Com Majors. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Brian Costello. And uh, today we are having a very special episode. We did not, in fact, watch a movie. We are actually going to be taking questions from our faithful audience of dozens. You know, we are getting at least 10 downloads. We had like 14 questions. We had 14 questions from our very loyal 14 listeners, mm. um, although some some submitted many yeah. questions, we actually um, cut that and we got so. we got some we got some good questions coming up. But uh, super excited to uh, to to share some of these answers with you guys uh, today. Yes. So. Uh, first of all, most important question of every episode: What are we drinking? What do you have for us today? Jeff? So today I am drinking the um, Southern Tier. Um, you know, everyone has tried the Pum King. It's uh, well, not me. I don't drink a lot of people like the pumpkin. I am um, a little lukewarm on on most pumpkin beers, however, this one, the cold pressed coffee pumpkin from Southern Tier, is uh, really spectacular. It's really uh, got some IPA bitterness, and the the coffee kind of uh, adds to that. Um, so it's a uh, it's light roasted coffee, and if you smell the beer, it really it smells like a like a cup of coffee. It did. It's uh it's actually very good. I, I like it a not a lot. It's not very um, it's not syrupy sweet. It's it's a nice uh, nice balanced beer. So awesome. Take, I how about you? am drinking the Brooklyn uh, Brewing Company Pilsner. Pilsner, yeah, yeah that's a good. It was one. good from your fridge. Oh yeah, and that pint glass. Uh, if you happen to be in the Philly area, two SP Brewing. Um, in Delco, awesome brewer, uh, makes some really good beers. They have one dude they call like the Delco Gold or something, mm. and it's like, wow. it's like an ale that's aged in like Chardonnay cans oh, or something. I would like so that. like, I wish yeah, we had that. Maybe definitely should, playing yeah. off the uh, the the Delco housewife having a t- little too much Chardonnay yeah. in there. Well, maybe we should go to there after. It makes me think of that Tina Fey and. uh, Oh. You love Trump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, today, like Jim said, we are not doing a movie, uh, mainly because um, we had busy weeks. Yeah. And this fit into what we were doing. And I was driving down six hours and Jim has been rehearsing because I were recording the afternoon of the big final. uh, We finally hit the day, the big pale reason show, uh, which is tonight. So that's why I'm here. And we said, why don't we get some great questions and we'll kind of go in there. Uh, So our fact check is a little bit about what we've done with the show so far. Uh, We've actually done 10 films already, uh, which is insane. Uh, Two of which are Steven Spielberg uh, films, but the most um, common person on Com Majors has been John Williams, who scored three of our ten, thirty percent of all films we've done. <coughs> well, that, uh, that's not surprising. We were children of the eighties, yes. so like, and and to be fair, we actually stayed away from some some big hitters that, from our childhood. Oh yeah, there's uh, other ones that yeah, we could I mean, have we, didn't we haven't get into done Star yet. Wars. We didn't get into any yet. of that. Yet. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, also John Williams scored like an obscene number he, of films. He scores ninety percent of films. Yes, yeah, still he was doing <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. So uh, uh, we've had two really creepy. Bathroom sex scenes yeah, that we've which done. Was, uh, uh, which Shape of Water. Shape of Water and then The Shining. The Shining. I, right, I, right. We will, might be hard pressed to find in the next 10 uh, bathroom sex scenes that are as creepy, but uh, we are open for a challenge. Yeah, if yeah. you know one that might be as creepy as we that, we are the podcast us. that brings you creepy, creepy ba- bathroom yes, sex scenes. We are scenes, breaking so. new grounds. Uh, we've done four films based on books, which we were kind of joking about, uh, was never intended, but never. there's just a lot of movies based on books. Right. So to be fair, it's not like that. That was except for the Harry Potter one, which we purposely did as a um, book to series. Uh, we've gone to two different breweries. Yep, and a distillery. A distillery, yeah. 
Well, we've actually, and we could have counted yards. We've also been there. Oh, that's true. Since. Yeah, that so is maybe true. that's uh, three breweries. So three breweries and a distillery. And you went to Tired Hands yesterday. I went to Tired Hands yesterday. I did not attend that. Um, it makes me sad. You had to rehearse, though. Yeah. It was delicious, though, Tired Hands. Uh, and we've won a Quizzo Championship. That's right. Yeah. Our names are probably etched in, in yes. something. Well, we were pretty. People enjoyed us winning. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even close. That. Like, we steamrolled yeah. them. So. And we were applauded by people. Applauded. Yes. Yeah. We were. There was applause. All right. So, uh, let's let's get into this. So, we had kind of said, I was a little worried, honestly. At yeah, first. me too. I was, like, I, I was like, well, this I think this would be a good idea. We've done 10 movies. Jim's got some rehearsal. He started the new job. He's been busy. Basketball season's about to start for me. I knew I had to travel down here. So we were kind of like, it was my wife's birthday last weekend. So we were doing, she and I did a bunch of stuff for that. And we were like, well, let's just do some questions. We've done 10 movies. So at the very least, I thought maybe yeah. we could dig up some people who had a question about yeah, a movie and, we've and, done. And trying to force engagement was a little little bit nervous. Yes. It made me nervous. I, I thought we could get crickets, right? Yeah. And we got a lot of questions. We got and, a ton. And so, I mean, I said we had like 14 questions. We've actually had more than that. The, um, we had some people do three or four questions for us, and we had to kind of yeah. filter down. And some yeah. questions for people who... Um, <coughs> Wrote in, I've kind of combined them because they were similar topics. Yeah. Um, well, let's just get on. Yeah, go with it. Go so with the it. first the first ones we're going to cover are from uh, our friends over at Pop Battle. Keenan and Tim were kind enough to record some questions for us uh, to prompt some good conversation. And they actually took it seriously. I thought, you know, I knew Tim would take it seriously because he's a good guy. Um, Keenan, I was nervous Keenan was just going to try to, you know, mess with us somehow yeah. with his questions. But I was surprised Keenan actually did it. Yeah, he took fair. he took it one hundred percent serious and uh you know, bear with me as I get these uh get the technology here, but you're gonna be able to hear Tim and Keenan. Hold on one second. Hey guys, this is Keenan. I'm Timmy. And we're from the Pop Adult Podcast. Just wanted to say so far loving the show. Big Lebowski episode was definitely the one that hooked me in. Big fan of it. Uh, so you guys were looking for some questions. We have three questions for you. First question I'm going to ask, if you could make a super group with any musicians, dead or alive, who would they be playing what instruments? Why? Not, you know. not just the band dead or alive. Right. Yeah, not just the <laughs> band dead or alive, like any musicians. Okay. So this is something that Hold I... Hold on, can I say something first? Yeah, go ahead. Keenan's favorite episode is because it was the first one. It's the only one he's listened to. I... No, no. I actually think Keenan probably has listened to more, but <laughs> I think he is a big, uh, big fan of trying to help us out, and, and yeah. he knows that like that was a good. We, no, we have to we have to get him on. Yeah, we, we do. were we, on his show. I want him to come. I, I want him to make him like our Star Wars guru. Oh yeah, so when, when we, we do any Star Wars stuff, it's got to right. be Keenan. I think Keenan needs to educate us on some Star yeah. Wars stuff, and uh, and maybe I'll bring Tim along just to you know. Yeah, help. I got to meet him. I haven't Tim, met him. Yeah, he seems meet, like an awesome guy. From he the is show. Tim, and Tim will help us make fun of Keenan. So oh, well, that's, it's, it's all that's good. Awesome. It's all because we love Keenan. Yes. It's not. It's not anything. Okay, right. so super group. Um, I thought about this, so I'll go first. Yeah, I haven't seen what you said, so we we did not compare notes right, on we this. Didn't, we didn't. So you go first. So my super group um, is really just going to be a bunch of people that I love and. Um, would just love to see this mishmash of people. Um, so I'm putting in two songwriter rhythm guitar players right. first, um, and they would be Bruce Springsteen. Awesome. Who you just saw. I just by saw the way. on Broadway, and we can talk about that maybe, later. Maybe towards for the end us mere mortals who have not yeah. gone to see him. Um, 
and Brandy Carlisle. And if you are not a brand, if you don't know who Brandy Carlisle is, I suggest you jump down the rabbit hole of YouTube and uh, realize what she, an amazing she song. is on my list. Can you believe I'm, I'm educated no, no. enough right there? Look, Brandy <clears throat> that's Carlisle. crazy. Like, I, I picked her. Um, her songwriting and vocals are just out of this world. Good. Uh, she can blow the roof off a of place. So uh, those two is like my my the the core of the band, writing songs uh, and playing, playing guitar. Okay. Um, and then we need, of course, we need a lead guitar player. Yes. And I'm all, like, I, I'm torn here because there's a hundred well, different, especially for you because you play. So this has got to be yeah. like a really. And legit I'm taking. Uh, it, this came down to a tie, and I, I leaned one way rather than the other. <clears throat> it was a tie between Tim Reynolds okay. and uh, Trey Anastasio. And right. so Tim Reynolds, if you don't know him, is the is the guitar player now in the Dave Matthews Band, who has basically been Dave's partner in crime from way early on. Not a full member of the band. But I still always remember, showing up. remember in college, we would always listen when they would just play together. Yes. And they would do all those shows. He's yes. awesome. Yeah. So he's an incredible guitar player. Um, and Trey is just a, a force unto himself, a unique um, voice in guitar. And so I actually put the needle a little towards Trey because I would love mm-hmm. to see what he would do with those guys. And then bass and guitar, uh, bass and drums. I just picked the two people that I thought were just so amazing that they would be able to play any style um, and fill in uh, that band. And that is Flea on bass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Carter Beauford from the Dave Matthews mm-hmm. Band on drums. Perfect. Um, and if you don't know why, go again, YouTube both of those guys and realize that they're probably. Um, the best at their instruments. You know, obviously, I'm not as familiar with bass, so there's probably bass players listening now that are yeah. just like, what the hell are you talking about? But no. I will... It's up to you, though. It's your super group. I have never That's found a drummer, even if they're like the most heavy metal, intense drummer, yeah. um, that has not known who Carter Beaufort oh, yeah. is. Because I think dude, you got to pick who you want. He's amazing. Yeah. All, right, all right, so what so, do you got? So, Brandy Carlisle and vocals. Uh-huh. Now, first of all, my entire band, every member of my band could also be the lead singer of the band. That's how I picked it. So Brandy Carlisle. So wait, I'm, I haven't seen your notes. Yes. I'm just going to guess that Daryl Hall and John Oates nope. are a part of this They are band. not part of it. Oh, they no. Are not. I, they are not. I, I tried to be a little. Originally, <laughs> I, originally I was going to have a super group, and the super group was going to be the lead singer from Air Supply for his falsetto voice, <laughs> Daryl Hall notes. Uh, but Brandy Carlisle uh-huh. uh, and Jim Croce. Okay. Vocals, okay. Jim Croce on vocals. Yeah. Wow, I like Jim Croce, and he can play guitar too. Okay. So all these people can play multiple things. Uh, on keyboard, mm-hmm. Steve Winwood. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, that's a good uh, one. On drums, Phil Collins. So, all, right. all right. On drums, Phil Collins, and then on bass, Paul McCartney. Oh, that's a good one. So that's a good one, that, Brian. Not Damn. that it even has to like put you know what I mean, but just Paul McCartney. You're set right there. And then on guitar, uh, a combination Prince. And Roy Orbison. That's awesome. That's so a great can, group, right? So you can play. I, I, now, granted, I have no musical taste. So it's uh, you probably you have to be shocked that my list is even that. No, it's good. I, I think it's. I think we we each approached this uh, similarly and came up with two totally different lists, which yeah. is uh, which is great. Well, that's a great question. <clears throat> yeah, a great, great question, question Keenan. I'm sure yeah. Tim came up with. That. Tim definitely came up with that question. Let's listen to the next uh, question from Keenan and Tim. For question two, I've been told you guys are pretty big baseball fans, so it is the offseason right now, but there's already like all sorts of news flying around about free agents because there's some big free agents on, on the market. So do you have any hypotheticals, theories of where Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, where those guys land, uh, maybe even like Cole Hamels coming back to Philly or something? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? 
So this is a this is an interesting question because I would say if you rewound time ten mm-hmm. years and it was like two thousand eight, yeah, I would really care. We would both really care. Yeah. The Phillies and the Mets were both pretty really good. good. We're good. The Mets the Phillies were winning a World Series. Well, the, the Mets, Mets were, had that horrific collapse to the <clears throat> Phillies. Yes. Um, in that ten years, we've both had children. Yeah, we've both. Probably taking our jobs a little more seriously. Yeah. I let me put the the Mets were in the World Series and the Phillies have been since then. So I would gladly watch baseball uh, if it, we said the other day it wasn't three and a half hours long. Yeah. Here's my problem: I, I don't like the Phillies. I would actually be happy if Cole Hamels went back to the Phillies, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. I'm always baseball is I think one of the few sports where connections to fans and stuff is a big part. Yeah. So I would love that. As far as Bryce Harper goes, I can't stand the guy. Right. And I Manny Machado. I mean, is a thousand times worse. I mean, Bryce Harper, I just can't kind of stand him personally. Mm-hmm. But he's not like – Machado, I think, is just – Right. And and I think ugh. back in the day when the Phillies and the Mets – like in that in that 10 years ago time frame, we definitely don't like each other's teams. No, However, do you remember that time we went and you and I went to the game together and yeah. there was like 18-year-old kids like – Throwing things at an elderly couple, yes. and we were like, "Like, what, what are is you happening? Having? This is yeah. ridiculous." But I will say, at that time, the Phillies and the Mets both had players that we both oh, were really likable. Oh right, yeah, right, and you right, could. Right. It was Chase Utley Ryan, and, and David Wright, Ryan, and yeah, and, oh, yeah. Reyes, and yeah. yeah so, awesome. so uh, you know, to answer Tim's question, I think our only answer is that I don't even have that level of um, knowledge anymore. Like, we would have debated this. I heavily back in the day, but now it's maybe like maybe the Phillies could get him. I don't think the Mets will get either of them. And uh, uh, Bryce Harper, to, I guess, really answer the question. I think will be a Yankee. Um, yeah, I, Manny Machado. I don't know, nor do I care. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I, would and I do hope Hamels goes back to the Phillies. I think that'd be kind of if Hamels came back to the Phillies, that would be great because I would love to see him finish his career here. And I think it's the right time to bring him back as like an elder. Yeah. You know, kind of playing that Jamie Moyer role. The Phillies were pretty good this year. I yeah, mean, yeah, I saw him right, a little right. bit. I mean, they, man, though, we could do a whole show on their wacky manager. <laughs> yeah, sure he's an interesting, interesting dude, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's pretty cool. All right, let's see what question three is. Final, final question from Keenan and Tim. And then my third question would be your Desert Island book, but keeping in mind... When I say Desert Island book, I don't necessarily mean what book is your favorite book to read. But if you were stuck on a desert island and had to read the same book over and over and over again, that's the only book that you had available, what book would it be? Anyway, thanks for reaching out to us. I hope these were good questions. And if they sucked, we apologize. Because <laughs> we suck. Yeah. <laughs> but still listen to our podcast, Pop yes. Adult. Okay, so for the final question, we get back to some books. Mm. Um, are you ready to answer this? Because I, I would, I, I would, second. I would uh, pick the Bible. Come on, I would hope God would save me <laughs> yeah. for reading the Bible. No, I, I thought about this. I think there's two approaches to this. Um, one is I think you have to pick like a massively long book, and I thought maybe Stephen King's Stand. Damn it, dude. Um, Are you serious right yes, now? Yes. You you decide to cross party lines yes. and take the stand I from do. me? Well, there's two copy, there's two copies on your bookshelf. You what, can have one. Yeah, you could read. We're it. not going to be what, on the what, island what, together. Why don't you read it? <sighs> uh, but here's my other point. Um, or you could pick like one of those anthologies. You know how they have like a, a Sherlock Holmes anthology where there's like five or six yeah. Sherlock Holmes in it. 
the problem is, uh, I think that's a little bit cheating, though. Like, well, I don't. But some of them are written for that way. Do you know what I mean? They were written I as like magazine. So. Like Sherlock Holmes was never published. Most of them were never published in book form. Right. They were all magazine and thought. You know, so they were made to be as that. So, Fair. so I'll just take yours and say the stand. Okay. If Brian's stealing my, well, well, you can take the same book. I don't want to take the stand. Books. It is an amazing book, and it is. Uh, it's very long. The uncut one specifically. Well, that's, yeah. Um, you know, and, and Stephen King has a lot to offer as far as uh, as those long books. So, um, I, But uh, to be honest, now that I think about it, I would, like you're saying, probably take one of his um, groupings of short stories. Yeah, like, like something the, like that. I like, like that. Like Night Shift or, yeah, one of, those, one of those that has like 25, 30 short stories that are just all... Interesting. One of the books I recommended, Ken Brune, his White Arrest is like that. It's like yeah, four yeah. or five stories. So I would do that. Uh, just as a side about Stephen King, I had no idea. I was in the library the other day. Um, for the drive down, I got the audio book for our next Harry Potter episode. I had no idea it was as long as it was oh, as a gigantic. book. Yeah, I had big. no idea it was that big. Yeah. I always knew the stand was. I had no idea it was that long. Yeah, yeah it is long. Uh, it looked crazy. Yeah, I was like, oh, I might read it. Because I hadn't, I've never read it. It's I saw the TV, good. but I was like, man, I don't, I don't have time to read that. Yeah. That's like stand territory. Um, All right. So yeah, but those were awesome. Yeah, thank you, and thank Keenan and Tim. And for those uh, listening, go subscribe to Pop Addled on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your, wherever you get your podcasts, you can hear Pop Addled. Mm, it's um, awesome. Those guys are great. They talk about a lot of interesting stuff. They do uh, movies, film, books. They do all kinds. Well, maybe not books. I don't think Keenan can read. Uh, he probably likes the movie versions. Of yeah, yes, yeah. he is that guy. He likes the movie um, versions. Of but books. yeah, it's it's definitely. I know Tim can read. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, check those guys out. They're the best. All right. So should we go on? We have some other questions here. Uh, first of all, quickly thoughts on Stan Lee this week. Oh uh, yeah. Away. That, I mean, uh, initially I was like sad, right? Like immediate is like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah. And it does. It sucks, but. The guy has lived pretty... 90, I think 95, 95 years old. He has lived an incredible life. Yeah. Um, and, and just reading some of the things that um, that people were posting about him and and seeing... Uh, Kevin Smith had a great... like oh, I didn't Almost like it. a eulogy. It awesome? Yeah, it was it great. Was. It was great. It was about how, you know, just incredibly uh, generous Stanley was. Mm. Um, to him specifically. Mm. Personally generous. Um, and... Just the, the the things that he wrote about and and how socially conscious he was. Well, he wrote black, didn't he? He was Black Panther. He created in the Black 60s, Panther. Nobody yeah. would have been. I mean, right. that was and, like and he created the female superhero. I mean, right. all these things that he did. And he created the X Men to be basically a civil rights yeah. style, um, you know, uh, analogy. So, yeah, I, I think he he deserves a lot of credit and and. Um, you know, he was an amazing man. So uh, very cool uh, to think back on some. Of the things yeah, it's going to be interesting for him because besides I'm, I'm not even thinking about the comic book angle, because mm-hmm. obviously from the comic book angle, his thing is unparalleled. But even for when people study film in yeah. like 100 years, if you think about it, the last 10 years have been dominated by his character, his characters, yeah. which will be I, really interesting. They'll look at this because they're going to look at this era in history. I think like the Westerns of the 50s and oh, 60s, you know, point. the comic yeah. books will be that. It's it's funny to think about his cameos. And oh, and I heard like stink to miss. Him. Yeah, it's going to stink to miss. Him. I heard one of the funniest ways to solve that would just be to 
have Deadpool appear in every movie as Stanley with oh. like with like gla- oh in the Deadpool suit, yeah. full on suit with the glasses and a mustache and everything. That would be and, awesome. But like to me, that would be so funny and amazing. But I I feel that some of the tone would be ruined. But no. it would just well, I would not, love but his to tone see that. Was always took you out of the narrative. That's true. Anyway, that is one hundred percent true. So, um, but I he is in he is in Captain that. Marvel. Oh, good. And he did do one for the Final Avengers. Excellent. So you're going to see That's him two more times. News. Okay. So let's go on. Uh, I should add our our first question. It was written by an AP English teacher. Yeah, and and I took one look at this question and kind of like. Glass over and, we, and like I'm not it, sure I was smart enough. At this the first this reading is of this, this is the kind of stuff that comm majors are not. No, she was not should not be answering this. So so this comes from uh, Megan Campbell, who I work with, and it was an amazing question. In fact, I had to kind of cut it down. There was a whole other part that hold was on to your butts the whole other way. But so let me read this because uh, it is a pretty awesome question, uh, and you could tell that neither Jim and I wrote. The, if you think people are were faking these questions, we that we did uh, audio clips of the first, so you knew we didn't make it up. And then once you read the wording. What? You'll realize what I, I wonder never is that this. is that like are we attracting this type of listener? Like this yeah. is clearly an, a highly educated t- well, yeah. listener. This is why we should be doing films like Weekend at Bernie's more. Yeah, like, I people guess like so. this want to hear Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Uh, there seems to be a woeful dearth of original content. Plus, fewer genres are represented. Do you guys have any thoughts as to what is driving this trend? Obviously, bankability of a proven product is at work on the studio production side of things. But when you consider consumer demand, what socio-cultural factors do you think might be at play? Is our obsession with sequels, expanded universes, and remakes indicative of a need for narrative safety, so to speak? Are we somehow comforted by the familiar conventions of these types of films? And I did actually understand the last part of the Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But that was but actually, there's some, that's like a whole set There's some SAT, series. Yeah, there's some SAT awesome. words. There's some SAT words in there. If you're from California or the. Yeah, you know, well, we should have Megan on ACT sometime because words. she's like awesome at this yeah, stuff. Yeah, Megan she, clearly. She, like um, she uh, yeah, she's. Megan made me feel stupid. Yeah. yeah that was a great that. question. But I think I, it's awesome because it ties it into a, a lot of question. other. A lot of other people have questions of a similar role. So we're kind of rolling them all into this idea of sequels, spinoffs, all these things. Why? Why there, are they doing it? There are a lot of things at play here, I think. One, I think she hits the nail on the head. For studios, oh, it's- movies are a huge risk. You're putting out, you know, in up in some of these films, upwards of two hundred million dollars. Oh, that's that's becoming like norm. Yeah, that's not even becoming the big deal right. anymore. So and. If you don't connect with an audience and make that back within your first weekend, you are pretty much seen as a failure. Well, right? and and that's probably so you oh, absolutely. And that's on top of the marketing costs. So which are probably right. they might even be 100 million for some of these films. Right. So and I get that you're right. I think it's cre- it, it's kind of sad that yeah. all the movies are like that. Right. And and I also think it is also, she's sort of hitting at this as well. It's indicative of our our consumption of film at this point. Mm-hmm. I think, um, at least for me, I think in you know in, in the time frame that I've been really watching movies and paying attention, I feel like in the '90s there was a real hunger for indie and interesting film, and like. After the rise of like Tarantino, and yeah. I think people were like, "Whoa, there's this whole other possibility for film that are small budget, interesting films." And I think to some extent that still exists, 
But I don't think high school kids are really searching that. And I'm, no. That might just be me being old. Well, but I think they might watch. It's not film anymore. Anything right, that's independent right. is streaming. Right, and it's 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 the it's that which stinks line. honestly because right. they don't go to see. It's that line between theater. like art and yeah. entertainment, right? Well, they don't want to budget. Everything seems to be budgeted for these big movies, and I think part of it is a, a comfort. You know, we comfort with the convention of these films. Yes, and sometimes I think that works. Um, Let's use Marvel, for example. The Marvel films, structurally, from a writing perspective, are very similar. Yeah. With a few outliers. You know, Ant-Man's a little bit different. Guardians of the Galaxy was a little bit different. But a lot of the storytelling's the same. But they've been able to create it in a, weave in a narrative together, like that you get in Avengers or something mm-hmm. like. Though, I don't even know if they get that much credit, because it is. I, I, I shouldn't say that, because I think they get an, should get an amount... Yeah, a huge amount of credit. But Stan Lee had already built what they were, and the other guys have been able to build that. Um, But also, it makes me nauseous because this idea of the convention of these stories are why um, Venom was a number one film in the world. Right. And that but that actually bothers me. The yeah. Marvel movies don't bother me. Venom being number one bothers me. Some of these other movies that are just going to be number one, regard, like you could basically take a dump in a waste paper basket and have a comic book character do it and it would be the number one movie yeah. before anybody sees it. That bothers me. Yeah. I, I And, and to, to, to speak to the, uh, the, gen- to the genre question as well, you know, I don't think this is a problem limited to film. Like the the genres of of music, uh, movies, books, television shows. Mm-hmm. I think we've always had a core group of genres and are always working from mm-hmm. them. And no one has really created a new genre without yeah kind something of blending. changes. Like it was westerns, like we were saying before. It was westerns for a really long time. You know, all through the forties yeah, and fifties. And then the 60s, the change wasn't because of filmmakers. It was because society changed. Right, with right. The, and then the same thing in the 70s. In the 70s, it's all John Frankenheimer <clears throat> uh, like type stuff where it's paranoid thrillers. Freaking, and then yeah. the 80s turned into pretty much so many of the movies being a, a Cold War narrative, like yeah. Rocky IV, Top Gun, like War Games, like all these big movies. And then you're right. The '90s was an independent film thing. It was yeah. Tarantino. Even but if you look at movies. you look at what was happening with music at that same yeah, time, it was it was it was taking this like hair metal yeah. and getting rid of it. Thank God, hair metal and and corny action movie yeah. version of the '80s, yeah. and and turning that into Tarantino yeah. and Nirvana and Pearl Jam. But even, like, and even the action movies then. That's like when John Woo came in. Yeah, yeah. And there was something like innovative for that. For all the weirdness of it, which, right. by the way, I don't think the 90s is necessary films. They were kind of cutting edge. I don't think they've all necessarily aged well. No. But they're intriguing because they were so willing to be different. Right. They will be quintessentially 90s. Yeah. In, in, in well, it's like my favorite film around. franchise, Mission Impossible. Yeah, like, yeah. Mission Impossible 2 is kind of whacked out. Yeah, it's, it's like co- completely. It's there's like small parts of it I like. Yeah, but but people criticize it. But for the '90s, that was actually a pretty good act. Like late '90s, that's what those movies. And you get were. you get you get uh, the Matrix. 
right? Which well, that is, to changes me, it. Yeah, but that, uh, that's the Matrix that is like that end late eight, late nineties. Like the Matrix is like the quintessential late nineties. Oh god! Like changed everything after that. Like sci-fi. Oh yeah. As far as like what was possible, they were doing interesting stuff with film. And I almost feel like for a while too in the nineties, with the Matrix changed, and I'd have to go back and look. But I don't remember the nineties being there wasn't as much um, series building like right. that's went right. back to that because star wars hadn't been around for a while right. uh people wanted that independent like mindset of filmmaking um but to just the one other point like the socio-cultural perspective what i think is interesting is in particular marvel now is working in different groups into their series which i treat like black panther for example if you study film they talk about how big of a film that was in terms of for the african-american community oh, sure. and captain yeah. marvel and wonder woman for you know so they're working different socio-cultural groups into this narrative but which to, i think is interesting but to megan's point that is not <clears throat> that is sort of playing to your audience and not oh yeah not bringing a uh, an audience to your art. Yeah. Well, right? I think it's also so that's more comfort to me. That oh, speaks more comfort. to being comfortable. You know, are are women and people of color more likely to watch Wonder Woman and Black Panther? Maybe. And 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 um. But to me, that does that does feel more like. You know, and just talking Marvel, we're not really talking about film here. We're talking about it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and it's. I but I get that point. I think that it's entertainment. I also think it's interesting that it might be people are going to film less often. You know, there's so many different entertainment choices. We talked about that with Field of Dreams when we talked about baseball. That there's just too many different options now. I, I'm wondering if they if they're thinking we have to make something we know we're going to get people to go to. Yeah. You know, unless you're somebody who loves go like I, I still like going to the movies, so I'll go see different movies. A lot of people will only go to the movies for event type films now. What? Yeah, that's true. And what I what I you know I should I should clarify when talking about Black Panther and Wonder Woman specifically. One of the things that I think is most interesting about those two movies is that I've heard from many, you know, boring white dudes like us yeah. that those are their two favorite movies from both sides. Well, from it's, DC. Easy, it's easily DC's best easily film. Wonder I think Woman by is, a mile. Right. Like, by a yeah. mile. And so if you get boring white dudes to like yeah. Black Panther and, and, Black Panther and, and awesome. Wonder Woman, they are both, to me, the... And, and put Avengers Infinity War aside because I think... I that movie just I think that well when we we'll do that at some point because that to me is breaks a lot of genre conventions yeah, in and terms it's, it's of it's a little different how they did yeah. the protagonist and, so and like, everything. So Black Panther to me is the best Marvel movie. Um, and I think Wonder Woman is easily the best DC movie. Oh, far. I don't even think this thing about Wonder Woman is not even close. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's, they almost. Yeah. I almost wish they would. I don't know. I, I'll say I'm going to give Aquaman maybe a chance, not in the theater, but. Yeah. Um, I think that it's an it's an interesting question, and I yeah. hope we actually made some sense out of it. Yeah. Because all right. So the next question is from very simple. It's from my mom. Yeah. A simple, simple question. Patty, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Christmas movie coming up. What is your favorite one? I have a lot of favorite Christmas movies, but I think the one that has always resonated, uh, at least for the past decade or two, with me is, uh, and I'll probably get shit for this, which is fine. Uh, Love Actually. Not my favorite. But Really? My favorite Christmas movie. Um, and there's just something about it that is so ingrained in the Christmas uh, kind of feeling. 
Um, and if I had to go to two or three, I would definitely say the normal, the usual suspects. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. If you're looking for a comedy, you can't go any further. And we than, will be doing that. We will be that talking will be about our, We'll Christmas spoil vacation. Christmas Vacation will and, be our, our Christmas movie. And a Christmas story. Just like another movie that just uh, is ingrained in my enjoyment of the holidays. Yeah. Even if I'm just walking past the TV and I see a scene from the Christmas story on, uh, it makes me happy. That's now, if, if Love Actually is on, I'm probably going to stop and no. watch it. I watch, <laughs> yeah. Aileen and I watch Love Actually every year. Which is where me and Katie got our wedding song from. Yeah, I, we, watch, um, we watch it every year. I think it's the best Christmas movie. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, great. Um, solid gold shit, Maestro. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a great movie. Phil Nye in, in Love Actually is absolutely oh, he's pretty, I hear the best. Yeah, yeah. Best Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, but there's tons. I mean, there are a lot of good Christmas movies. Um, but love, love actually is my favorite. So at some point, we maybe next Christmas we'll do, do love actually. This year we had to do Christmas Vacation, which I think is the most, the funniest, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, so people are commenting. Pat Morgan, who is nobody wants to hear, no. uh, is claiming he's going to start his own podcast. He, he can start his own podcast, but he, he well here actually his question is next. Oh, let's talk so about that. So this could maybe be his. Um, podcast um so pat asks what what is the best movie based on a book in the last decade um and i i why don't you talk because you so, have yeah, one that you i have one that just decade. stands above and beyond for me um because there are a ton out there um but some of these yeah if i'm if i'm confined to the last decade i'm gonna go um Oh man, that's a good one on your list. I didn't see that. Uh, I'm gonna go it all day long. Um, mm. The the new version of it that came out last year, two years ago, only last year, last year, a year and, new, and a half the ago. The new one's coming a, out uh, this another summer? year, I think. No, I think it's, it's I think winter. It's oh, is it? The, well, they just finished making it. Um, it's just an absolute amazing movie. If you are a horror fan, it's absolutely a must see. Um, and even if you don't like the horror genre, it is. Uh, it's just a really good movie. Yeah, I'm looking for. I haven't seen it, and I'm going to watch it when we do it. So yeah. I'm holding off to to do it. But I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, I thought about it more. I, I actually like the question in terms of more than just the ten year window. Yeah. And I kind of appreciate Pat gave it as a ten year window thing because. Um, yeah, because you years. could go. Dave's giving us Harry Potter head thumbs down. That's way beyond ten years, right? It, it, uh, 2008 so it's j the very last one we could do but that's my point like I appreciate Pat trying to limit it because otherwise you could make a massive list right, right. which I did I made a massive list instead uh, but I thought Harry Potter series yeah. which they did a great job Notebook I love the notebook the notebook that's Eileen cool. and I went on our first day we saw the notebook uh, some other great ones that I'd hope we could do at some time I love um, Tom Cruise's The Firm have you oh, seen, have you seen but, that? Yeah, but that's but I, I, that's not within ten years. These are right, ones outside right, of the right. ten year realm here. But I'm just talking about great all time book to uh, any of the Lord of the Rings. Amazing, yeah. Right. Well, specifically, I think Return of the King. Yeah. Well, you I mean, say because you've read the books, I haven't. I read the first book and it just wasn't for me, Tolkien. But I love, I love the third movie. The first movie is actually really good too, but yeah. it definitely um, none of those movies really stand on their own, right? Like they they don't. They they really need to be consumed. Right, so, right. Yeah. It's one no, story. Fine. It's not. It's not a serial um, thing. 
a couple other things that just actually I think might fall in the, the and I, some of this I looked from from a monetary perspective books that made the most money mm -hmm. Hunger Games oh I forgot about it. the first Hunger Games movie is fantastic yeah. now and at the the second was okay and the third was well but I don't books. blame that the third book was one of the it was, it's a oh train wreck of a book well first of all that we could get a whole discussion of that she only wanted to write one book and then they gave basically bank backed up a yeah. dump truck full of money to her Fair. house and she was like and I don't blame her for that no uh, now some movies I would never watch but have made a ton of money any of the Twilight ones yep um, 50 shades yep which was literally fan fiction <coughs> yep. so if you if you want to become rich do fan fiction some other ones that I kind of like Da Vinci code was okay uh, Devil wears Prada came to mind. Some really good ones from like the 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah. Silence, Silence of, of the, the Lambs. Lambs. So Brian has in his notes here, Silence of the Lambs, Fight Club, No Country yeah. for Old Men, um, and Gone Baby Gone. Those, to me, are fantastic yeah. movies. Um, I've read the book of Silence of the Lambs, yeah. and I think that's the only one of those that I've read. Um, but Gone Fight Club is good. You'd like Fight Club. I, I, uh, oh, I've read, I've read okay. Fight Club. I've read Fight Club. Um, Gone Baby Gone. I love that movie, and I've only seen it like twice. I would love to no, it's watch amazing. that one again. There's a there, when I first saw that movie, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, Casey Affleck, is this dude gonna carry this movie? Like, and there's that scene where him and um, who's the actress uh, Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan, great, go She's in, a really they, underrated. They actress. go into that bar, and the guy at the bar starts treating her pretty mm -hmm. shitty, and he. It's basically like, dude, you talk to her like that anymore? I'm going to kill you. And I was like, oh, I believed him 100%. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he's a badass, and he's going to – he yeah. is he is awesome. No, it was um, – he was – he's pretty awesome. And by, by the way, that's a Ben Affleck movie. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck does – great, great I wish director. he would just – I almost wish he would just direct. I um, wish he would turn into like a Sidney Pollack and stop at – you know, and just If anyone's it. out there in, in the chat, because there's a lot of people chatting here, Pat Morgan – can't seem to use the internet correctly. He keeps posting twice. Okay. So if anyone can teach the old man how to use the internet, that'd be great. Fantastic. A uh, couple other books. Uh, one that fell within the 10-year window, The Martian. Andy Weir with Matt Damon. I've never Elena read it. I saw that, that movie's good. Yeah, it was a good though. movie. And then a couple of Cloud Atlas, David Mitchell. Um, if you, I couldn't it, get through the book, man. I, I like the book. You, it, you, David Mitchell's interesting. You got to read that Bone Clocks I know, book I, know, I gave it's you. Upstairs. That's a little bit more of a horror one. Um, Casino Royale. Yeah, which is awesome, and and then Gone Baby Gone was there. So that that's those are the books. So that was thank you, Pat. At least you did come up with a good question. All right, uh, our next question comes from um, Chris Manera, who we've known for a long, long time. What is the best eighties oh, slash nineties TV song? Yeah. Um, for me, I go with um, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Yeah. Show me that smile. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a ton out there, obviously, but that's... Yeah, I, I try to compile a list of some things. Uh, the number one uh, one of all time is actually, uh, is like ranked, they, they rank a lot of them. People said Cheers. Mm. And I could see that one. You know, Cheers is, Cheers is a pretty good, um, Cheers is a pretty good one, I think. Um, and then from there, I would say, I, I listed a bunch of cool ones. Uh, Golden Girls um, was a good one. Uh, we go from Golden Girls. We also have Dukes of Hazard, WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, 
uh, Facts of Life. That's a good one. Now, the Facts of Life actually has like three versions. Um, actually, has three versions of their uh, theme song. They had the original. And I know Chris, who asked the question, will obviously uh, remember this. We have the the original Facts of Life theme song, which was when it was a spinoff of Different Strokes. Uh, then there was when it... Oh, it, it, it then switched? It then switched to a little bit more upbeat one, because the original Facts of Life show, they were the boarding school where uh, Dana Plato went. I don't And then it just turned into... They had no connection. Dana Plato left the show. And then it turned into like a 90s kind of like pop synth one when George Clooney with his mullet okay. was on. Uh, so there's actually three different versions of that one. And uh, maybe my favorite, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell is good. That, when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and there's a great actually one. two versions of that. Because Start. Saved by the Bell started as a high school in Minnesota. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, show... Southern California? Was, they were in Southern California. Yeah, so sorry. Oh, there, for Chris, those, Chris Monero just joined. Yeah, we so just sorry. Talked we about we had a little bit of an question. interruption to Facebook. We'll, we'll get the full video out there. But Chris, yeah, our, our picks were... My, my number one pick for favorite theme song was Growing Pains. Um, and I think Saved by the Bell, but I, I like I said, I love Facts of Life. But, but, Facts but of Life that growing great. pain song, dude, that middle Show me part, that smile. Yeah, show that's, me yeah, that, that smile. Do you know who wrote that song, show right? Me, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Alan, Alan Thicke. Thicke. Yeah. Alan Thicke. And then his, song, his son went on to be a uh, famous musician. Yeah. The, his name's Thicke. Yeah. yeah. He decided, uh, um, but would you, would you uh, there's consider that, like, him to be a good musician or just famous He's musician? He's famous. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know his skills. There, there's that change in the middle of the song. There was the best is ready yeah. to begin. Oh, it's a great song. And then it totally changes. As long as we, we got, got each. And there's that crazy guitar. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm telling you though, that's facts the one. Of, if you have not ever listened to Back Facts of Life, go listen to I mean, the different versions. When they go to that '90s pop synth one, you got the George Clooney uh, thing going on. It's awesome. Yeah, see, uh, Monero's agreeing. Growing Pains, the best. Yeah. But I will say, runner up for me. Two, two that uh, one doesn't have vocals. The Seinfeld oh, bass, bass line. Yeah, that's a good. One. And uh, also, we didn't put on here. Cheers. I, but I said that. Oh, you I did say cheers. No, okay, I said okay. they rank that as number. Like when public, like right, they right. do it. They, I almost feel like. But that's if you a, listen to that entire song, cheers. it gets really weird. Yeah, Have you ever no, heard like well, the yeah, other no, verses? Yeah, yeah. No, I think they did a good job. Shows don't really do. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Some shows fell out of this realm. Like Veronica Mars. Has one that was, but that the, was at, that Goldberg's was in the two thousands. Yeah, uh, they, you just. I feel like now because Netflix, you just skip. Well, Veronica Mars was just um, Dandy Warhol. I know yeah, it yeah, wasn't that, written that, for yeah, that, right, but right, that yeah. was uh, a good one. All right, so Chris, thank you for that. Uh, that was a great question. We enjoyed that one. All right, here's a quick one uh, from Chris Miller. Uh, who, in your opinion, is the best James Bond? Well, I think we both agree. This yes. is pretty. This is a pretty easy question. I think. And it's got to be you go. Go ahead. I, mine is Sean Connery. Yeah, and mine would be Sean Connery too. If we had to go to a second one, I go Daniel Craig next. Yeah, probably. I, you know what though? I will say this: um, uh, Daniel Craig is my second as well. There are some. There's at least I can't remember which one's my favorite, Roger Moore. But I think there's at least one Roger Moore that yeah. I might. He did some really interesting. Again, he's a byproduct of the time period the films were being made. Right. So he was the Bond in the 70s. So you got like the weird Moonraker. And that's yeah. when they were also, I think, a lot of those films being so adhering so much to Ian Fleming. Like Moonraker is kind of a wacky yeah. but premise. You know, it, but they were abiding by that. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy I actually think every Bond 
other than Timothy Dalton, has at least one really good Bond film. Okay. You know, like Pierce Brosnan, GoldenEye, is a really good movie. Yeah, it's good. You know, the other, there's an argument to me after GoldenEye, it really is a 90s action movie. And they were, you know... Did John Woo do one of some somebody did one of those and it was like a weird I don't, I don't know if it was Woo but um but GoldenEye was awesome. Yeah. Um but I think after Connery Daniel Craig when you look at Casino Royale mm-hmm. is an amazing Bond movie. And Skyfall. I mean it's a whole other discussion. Yeah. I love Skyfall. What's your favorite? Do you like Casino Royale or Skyfall better? Ah, uh, that's so tough. I love Casino Royale because in that He's not really Bond, right? Like, yeah. he is not the character we know is Bond until the end. Yeah. And I love that idea of, and I get this, and, and I would love to do L.A. Confidential at some point. Oh, I love L.A. Confidential. But there is a very similar thing going on with that movie where our main character, in, in L.A. Confidential, it's Russell Crowe. Yeah. And in, in Casino Royale, it's obviously Daniel Craig. And they are both this, like, brute force um, kind of, Guy who everyone's not really sure if they're smart enough to accomplish what they end up accomplishing in the movie, yeah. and and I think M even says that yeah. at one point she says he's like a a blunt force weapon. Yeah. He's not. Well, yeah, he was. He was more still like he was probably SAS. SA, you know, he was right, a right, special he, forces guy. Right, he wasn't right. a secret agent. And I, it's something I love about LA Confidential is that Russell Crowe's character is like underestimated at every point uh-huh. through that movie, and and he's just like. He just plows through everything. Well, such it's a such a good movie. That was based on a, a series of books, actually, was as it? well. Yeah. Now, I love... I actually thought L.A. Confidential, the year it came out, was the best movie I saw. And that was the year... It was L.A. Confidential, Titanic, Goodwill Hunting. That's tough, man. There's Goodwill a, Hunting uh, is so good. I know, but Titanic won. And I, I don't like Titanic, so yeah. I, I, under, I understand. They have... The, just quickly on L.A. Confidential, that scene with the... Where the garage, I love yeah, how yeah, they yeah. shoot that. If you have never seen LA Confidential, and maybe a lot of people haven't. We should do that. That's a great, 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 great movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so our next question comes from Katie DeSanto. Who is your biggest man crush? Whew. This is tough. I, uh, For me, uh, it usually tilts towards musicians and people mm-hmm. who write, specifically songwriters, mm-hmm. who write stuff that I'm just like... Mm-hmm in love with yeah um and having gone to see springsteen on broadway yes. this week it is really tough not to pick him yeah. as my number one man crush. so so what was that like seeing springsteen <laughs> yeah. for us mortals who could not get yeah. to see him on Broadway because it's not an easy ticket to come by it by is not i got extremely imagine. lucky um my katie's cousin uh aaron kern mm-hmm. was was really uh inst- she's the only reason i was there yeah. she got some code that allowed her some early access to buy tickets. Mm. Um, and she was able to quickly get two. Um, and I'm extremely flattered that she thought I was the person that needed to go to see that. Uh, and that she, she, you know, picked me. Um, and I think monetarily I can repay her, but as far as <laughs> any, emotionally and, uh, yeah, never, I'll, I'll be repaying that for the, for, for the, rest the rest of, of my life. life. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. So if you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't know what it is, it is not just Bruce Springsteen sitting on stage playing songs. That's part of it, which is special in and of itself. It's a very small theater. Um, but it's also him, uh, you know, reciting passages from his book and talking about his life. Um, 
And it's interesting because a lot of times I get I get some feedback. I feel like Bruce Springsteen is very polarizing, specifically with musicians. A lot of a lot of musicians don't like him, which is fair because he is not a musician's musician. Okay. He is he's a he writes songs and plays for you know not the appeal of other musicians. Um, well, since the vast majority of society isn't musicians, that would probably, probably be a good choice. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. a good choice. I but uh, one of the things I always hear is that he's such a fraud because he he writes about things that he doesn't even know about or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and he comes right out of the gate and says, like, you know, I come from the Jersey Shore. It's, it's this boardwalk culture that is tinged with a bit of fraud, and yeah. so am I. I've never—I'll just tell you the opening. He just says, I've never— I've never worked in a factory. I've never, you know, I was never a corner punk. I was never a race car driver. Um, you know, and I, I'm tinged with fraud just as much. Well, by but the way, isn't he everybody says, who's right, an entertainer? 100%. Like, it's like, but he also says, I've never had a, you know, I've never had a, um, I've never gone to work five days a week until now. And I hate mm. it. <laughs> like, yeah, he's really. It's so yeah, that's, good. that's just to kind of give you an idea of what this show is about, and it's it's really about explaining his craft and how he approaches, and then explaining literally parts of his life that have found their way into his music. All right, so it's really great. That's awesome. Uh, mine. I like Brad Stevens, who's the basketball coach at uh, <laughs> for the Boston Celtics, because I spent all, right. all my time studying that. Fair. Uh, and Tom Cruise movies. Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah, I like Tom Cruise movies. And listen, uh, we're not even going to get into Scientology stuff or whatever. Like, I, But you're in. You're in on Scientology I'm, I'm, if, I, if, yes. if you get to meet for <laughs> If I can meet Tom Cruise, I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, no, here's the thing about that. Um, I don't really care about that. I just like the movies. Yeah, yeah, fair. You know, and that's a whole other discussion for another yeah, time. Separating yeah, separating art from the person. Yeah, oh, like, I, I, like, it, I get it. If somebody's like an O.J. Simpson, okay, Absolutely, like I'm, I'm done with that. But if it's just somebody's a little weird, I, I, I think that's most the people. But be, yeah, are. being able to separate art from the artist is, uh, is definitely going to be something that we're confronted with pretty much daily going forward. You know, with with what we're able to find out about people in this day and age. Well, I yeah, it's, and it's also this thing that I have, which is, um, you can like performances. And things can resonate with you, and that doesn't mean you're necessarily supportive of that person, Correct. per se. Like, you know, somebody like, say, O.J. Simpson, again, was an extreme example. He's not benefiting from financially any longer because of laws. Anytime that, like, for example, I love The Naked Gun. I think The Naked Gun's just, like, just a super funny movie. Should I not ever watch that movie again because O.J. Simpson's in it? I think that's up to each person personally. Yeah. And they, I mean, if people don't want to do it, that's fine. But, but I don't like, yeah, yeah. they should, should be yelled at, be like, how right. could you ever? Like, for example, and this is a tougher one, like The Cosby Show. Like, should every person who worked on The Cosby Show be punished because Bill Cosby was a creep? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what no. happens when those... And people don't want to realize it's not just the other actors, but it's, like, people who get residuals from that, like a writer or something right. like that. Like, yeah, he was a, obviously a creepy dude. Does that mean that show should never be on air again? No, I don't know. And I, I think and, that's and, a, and I think it's a tough it's a tough conversation to have, but there are, there's a whole host of good that that show did, right? Well, culturally, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people, sociologists will tell you, like, it helped make the African-American family more welcomed in white communities as yeah, a result. Sure. So I, I don't know. But yeah, th- those are probably the two. Um, I don't know what Katie was looking for. A bonus question. Katie was really upset that she thought we missed a big opportunity with the Field of Dreams episode. 
when we didn't say she commented on that episode, how did you the two of you not talk about your biggest regrets since that whole film? Oh, was a geez. Regret? Well, because we don't want to because, know, yeah, there's yeah. a whole kit. So uh, that's the simple uh, answer to that. Because I, we drink and want to make this a fun podcast. Yeah, I was like, this is really going to take a road. We, we've spent our whole lives swallowing those feelings yes, so that we don't have anger, to deal with them. the, yeah. the resentment. Yeah. But uh, thank you for that question, Katie. Uh, all right. Our next question. Uh, this now this is a really fun question uh, this question came from Jamie Rogers who um, when we knew her in college yeah was Jamie Nichols yeah uh, who worked on our other show uh, I forgot about that late night with Brian Costello she was a uh, our director for the first half of the second uh, season yep. which I think is actually when the show was at its best oh yeah it definitely Easily. she she, she definitely awesome. made us better yeah and then she but then she went to study abroad yeah <laughs> and then it all fell damn apart. it Jamie thank you Jamie uh, but she had a great question here and we haven't done anything like this before and sometimes I'm not for this the way she phrases this question is all Awesome, though. If you had to cast the following films from a crop of present-day talent, mm-hmm. note these are the original film, not a remake. Who would you cast in the lead? So we're not remaking films. Imagine we could just plug modern-day actors into the rest of the film, no remake. Uh, and the three films she gave us was Die Hard, mm-hmm. Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. and Shawshank Redemption. All right, so let's start with Die Hard. So Who I have a pretty good... John McClane? I would uh, I would love to see Chris Pratt as John McClane. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of embodies that that he might not be old enough. I don't know. Maybe no. He, could, he no. Yeah. He definitely Bruce Willis was not that old yeah. when he shot this. Yeah, and I think you know seeing him as I think he kind of has that that swagger, but okay. also the comedic and and kind of tough guy. A little more. If you took like Star Lord and made him a yeah. little more subdued, yeah. I think uh, I think that would be a pretty good, a pretty good movie. All right. So I thought about this one for a long time, and I tried to put myself in the mindset of when Die Hard itself was made. Um, and Bruce Willis was not an action star. Bruce Willis was only known for the show Moonlighting at this right, point. Right. Right. So Bruce Willis is five six. Was not an action star or anything. So I thought of who would be kind of like a wisecracking person that had only been on TV. Uh-huh. So you wouldn't have thought of him as a who, Rob McElhaney. Mac from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that would be as John McClane. That would be great. He's got that, you know, like, yeah, he doesn't, nobody would have known him, but he has that. Yeah. Ability to be, you know, he could buff himself up as we saw on that show. So Rob McElhaney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, quick aside for the Die Hard question: Die Hard, Christmas movie or not Christmas? Christmas movie, movie all the way. Do you think? I see. I don't think so. I, I mean, I just think it's fun to. I think it's fun. It could be a Christmas. Okay. Now here's a, a, a little bit of a trickier one. I really had to think about this one. Pretty Woman. Yeah, I um, I when I originally read this, I only thought about Die Hard for Pretty Woman. Why don't you go first? All right, so then- for Pretty Woman, um, and it's maybe the red hair, immediately the girl role, Emma Stone. Oh, that's a great choice. Emma Stone is Julia Roberts. I finally made Katie watch Zombieland the other day. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Emma Stone's a great choice. Now, you could somebody could say Emma Roberts, who's Julia I Roberts' wasn't, I niece, wasn't even thinking but of... But Emma um, Stone. Yeah. And then, now, where I got in trouble was, I was like, who could be the Richard Gere character. That was the one who came and it hit me. Uh, Chris Pine. 
Yeah, he's yes. Chris Pine, and I would still cast Jason Alexander as the Jason <laughs> as Alexander as the Jason Alexander. Oh god, I'm not changing that. Yeah, but Emma Stone, Chris Pine. Um, what about Josh Gad as the as the as the Costanza role? Oh yeah, that would be that would be really good actually yeah, yeah. too. All right, that would be that would be a good one for Pretty Woman. I I didn't really come up with anything good for this, so I like default to my like people that I love and want to see in yeah. as much so. I would say for Pretty Woman, dude, I don't know. Like, what if what if we took your your advice from Die Hard and just put Mac and uh, Caitlin? Yeah, we could. We just put them in. That would be awesome. All right, Shawshank. Now this one was really tricky because I was trying to like, I was trying to think of ages and stuff, especially the Morgan Freeman role. Oh, I got one for Morgan Freeman in my head. All right, all right. So for me, the Tim Robbins role would be Paul Rudd. Fair. That's and, good. And the Morgan Freeman role would be Idris Elba. Wow. Uh, yeah. He's. I mean, he's awesome. I was saying for the Morgan Freeman role, Dave Chappelle. Oh, there you go. But yeah. <laughs> would he be? <laughs> would we know. be able to get him to uh, lock into that role? I don't know. But I mean, he's I, pretty awesome. I have though. not seen um, what's it called yet. Oh, his uh, new. No, the uh, the um, the Star Is Born, which he's oh, in he's it. in. Yeah, and he's not. Perhaps, I, yeah. From what I heard, he's not a comedic character. No, no, comedic. I think he can act. There's no question he can act. So yeah, that would be and a good for choice. The Tim Robbins role. This is really tough, man, because Tim Robbins was so like at that time. I I just remember Tim Robbins just being so weird. Like he yeah. was in. Yeah, the Bull Durham and and he Jacob's was, Ladder. Yeah, he was like, in a lot of weird stuff. Um, and so, like, to think about him in that role, and, like, I don't know how old he was or how old the character was. I couldn't really remember. I, th- I only thought Paul Rudd because I thought that, in my mind, he was probably around the age. And Paul Rudd might actually have been older than Tim Robbins. Yeah, I bet he was. He or, and the character's probably supposed to be in his early 30s, but right? But Paul Rudd looks young. Like, he can play young, or I think. late 20s? Like, I don't know. No, remember. I thought he was older than that. But I don't know. I That's a tough role to cast. He, yeah. he really kind of pulled that off in a unique way. Paul Rudd's a good choice, though, because they, they are not, like, exceptionally... I mean, they're both good-looking guys, but they're not like they're not movie star, like like classically handsome men, right? No, yeah, no, no. All right, uh, two last questions here. Uh, one, this is from Craig Goldberg. Uh, what draws us to our drink selections? What do we look for in a beer or a bourbon? Yeah, you, uh, why don't you go for beer first? Uh, then... Well, beer, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm always just looking for something I've never tried before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can run the gamut of a Pilsner. Uh, I'm in the Pale Ales now. I like the flavor of those. Uh, IPAs, but even Stouts. I just like to try something I've never tried before. And I guess it depends sometime on what I'm doing and right. what's going on. So I'm not too picky. I just want something I've never seen before. Good. Um, for me, for b- both beer and bourbon, um, and this goes for most of my tastes in, in all things, I like like big risks and, and big swings. <laughs> you know, take a big swing and take a big cut at something, uh, take a risk. Um, and, you know, maybe not so much in music because I'm, I'm a little right down the middle when it comes to music. But um, I do like some weirder stuff. I'm sure that if you if if you ask my friends, I have a weird taste in music. But um I, you know, for bourbon and beer. So I want to, I, again, like Brian said, I want something that I've never really had before. Um, and so my favorite bourbon right now is that Stag Junior, which is yeah, like 130 that. proof plus, And it is like, 
probably like getting punched in the face, but it is uh, it has ruined a lot of bourbon for me. It's hard to um, it's hard to find. And and someone described the flavor as sort of like a cola flavor to me, and I was like, oh, that oh, that kind of resonates. So it's an interesting flavor. All right, um, uh, and our our final question yeah. um, comes from Jerry Gilgan. Uh, my best friend of over 30 years. Now, actually, he had two questions, and his one question was so good that I think we're probably going to save it for another show because it would sp- spiral into, like, a whole other a full conversation. conversation. But his his really good question was, do you prefer binge-watching or traditional t- uh, shows every other week, pros and cons? We will do that as potentially a whole episode in right, itself. Right. But I want to throw that out there. We go. His other question he wanted to know, and it ties in perfectly today, has, he wants to know, has Pale Reason ever actually been paid for a gig? Yeah, and I think Jerry would be really surprised to know that we got paid for a ton of shows. It was. Uh, and we probably made more than he would like well, to Well, and the, and the bar tab that was picked up by many of the bars where you were playing that is true as was, well. yeah. was substantial. Yeah, yeah. So, substantial. Jerry, F you. Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> and, and thank you for your real question, which we will use in an upcoming episode. Or not, because you're the worst. No, I don't. I, no. <laughs> That probably goes to Pat Morgan. Pat Morgan's the worst. Yes. But I will say Pat Morgan's here. So Yes. Jerry, you know, he Jerry tries to tune in here and there, but he's always too busy doing his job. Living vicariously (laughs) through his son is actually good at hockey. Yes. Well that's a good that is a very good point. All right, so it's time to go spanning globe, instant reaction. Uh, Jim and I before the show watched the trailer for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is the new Coen Brother film, which dropped last night on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Yeah, what you I, think? I had no idea. You told me that today. Um, I'm super excited. I want to. I was like, as soon as it was over, I was like, I want to watch it tonight. Yeah, I will. I will watch whatever the Coen Brothers put in front of me at this point. Um, I trust them. Even even if I don't like the movie, I know 100 percent that it's going to be meticulously hmm. directed, written, and acted. Yeah. And even if I, there's something in me that doesn't like it, I will find something to like. Well, you'll watch it at least one time and be like, yeah, I got something out of it. Yep. So uh, we will hopefully do that sometime soon. We're both going to watch it very soon. Yeah. Uh, and any of you could watch it because pretty much everybody now is a Netflix yeah. subscription or is leeching off their the very millennial <laughs> thing to do. Leeching off. By the way, somebody was telling me this at work the other day. So it's somebody I work with who's a millennial and was yeah. telling me that they're um, – their friend's ex-girlfriend had, you know, they broke up or whatever, and she's, like, texting them being like, well, hey, uh, I forgot what our, the, your Netflix password is. Can, uh, can you send that to me? So the millennials are trying to leech off each other. Even when you yeah, break yeah. up, you might break up, but you take the Netflix yeah, you get leeching Netflix. with you, I yeah, guess. It's is not, that I mean, what it is? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I Maybe still... they used to get, like, a T-shirt you left in the room or something. Now you're getting access to their digital media right. stream. Unless you're Ben Folds, you want that black T-shirt Oh, no, you get that black T-shirt back. Yeah. Uh, okay, it is time for recommendations. Do you have anything? Yeah, I I, I recommend this beer. It's good. Um, Also, if you are in the Philly area and you're looking for something to do tonight, come out. Yes. Come out to 118 North and Wayne. We're going to be playing. uh, Show starts around 8, I think, is our our time frame. Uh, But there'll be music all night. So come on out, uh, have a beer, and 
enjoy yourself. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast and the show's already started, still go to 118. Yeah, there's probably music as you're listening to this there. That's awesome. Uh, okay, a couple of things for me. Uh, the Brooklyn Brewing Pilsner was awesome. Uh, their, their stuff's really good. Um, they do some really yeah, they, good stuff. Mm-hmm. A couple other things. I went to the Tired Hands Brewery uh, last night with my brothers and their wives for dinner. Awesome. Right in Ardmore, if you're in the area, go to that. The food was amazing. Um, the beer was awesome. I, I, you know, I really, really loved it. Uh, shout out to Wawa. I had a Wawa sandwich. We did not have those in the Boston area. Wawa was actually just named best sandwich in America for like chain type. You did it. Yeah, you did it. Wawa. World's best. Cup uh, and of I polished off, man, one in about five minutes. I sat down at Jim's dining room table and I ate that. I ate the shit out of that sandwich. It was amazing. Uh, on my road trip down here, I actually, for the first time, listened to a Harry Potter audiobook. How was and it? And Jim Dale is the narrator, and it was really good. It made the time go a lot faster. Uh, just a shout-out, remember, our uh, November 29th, our second Harry Potter mm-hmm. uh, book to best. Uh, Remind me, there's something there. I want to fact-check for audiobook Harry Potter. Okay. Remind me that. All right. Awesome. And then finally, this morning before uh, I came over to Jim's, um, my brother Sean, I stayed at his place, and he and I and his wife Carol were watching How I Met Your Mother, and I forgot just how it's much so fun good. that show is. And my brother and I were discussing how Barney is one of the all-time great television characters oh, yeah, yeah. of all, Neil Patrick Harris. He's right up there with Charlie Kelly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Charlie Kelly. Oh, my God. <laughs> He is just not to be believed. Uh, plugs? Uh, yeah, come uh, hang out with us on Twitter at Majorscom, uh, B Costello Books, and Soldier on TV. Uh, and like us on Facebook. You know, If you listen to this on iTunes, um, jump on and just rate us. It, it does uh, help us out, and it gets us in front of more people. So if you want to do that, um, go ahead and do that. Um, also... Uh, make sure you check out Pop, uh, Pop Battle. Yes. Uh, Keenan and Tim uh, do an amazing job. They're really fun. They've had both me and Brian on. I've been on a few times. Brian was on last time he was in town. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to get those guys on and, and figure out uh, what makes the most sense for, for getting us over there to chat with those guys. So um, awesome, awesome uh, podcast. Yeah. And also, if you do go to the Pale Reason show tonight, um, yeah. for our listeners, uh, you'll get a free drink. Just say you're on Pat Morgan's tab. Oh, that's So, that's so if you want a drink, just say, oh, uh, it's on Pat Morgan's yeah. tab. And, and then order. Uh, uh, Probably a really expensive whiskey, because yeah, that's what I'm doing yeah. on his tab. Or a, today. a steak sandwich and, and a steak, steak sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we will be back um, after Thanksgiving, probably uh, next weekend. So everybody have a fantastic Thanksgiving. We will be doing uh, Creed, which we're both super excited uh, to talk about. So if you yeah. have not watched that, check that out. And until then, we will see you next time. Adios, guys. See ya.